0: Today's class is dedicated by David Rahmani for all the singles to go under the chuppah and for all married couples who are wanting or trying to get pregnant to get pregnant easily and for all pregnancies to progress normally and smoothly and have healthy and easy deliveries, amen. Amen. That's a nice bit I hope it's not that Hashem all of that comes true for him his family, his children, and his grandchildren, Bezat Hashem as well, that everyone should have all of that Now that being said, and I want to thank David Rahmini very much for dedicating today's class, and that was a beautiful blessing for all people. Um, I just want to say this one thing. I knew this would happen, and it kind of did happen. Last week, I gave a class about singles, and about marriage, and so on, and a lot of people really, really liked the class. But there were some girls and boys that are in their high 20s and 30s that did not like the class. So, and of course no one tells me directly, but I hear indirectly from these people and those people that there were people who were a little upset about it. So to respond, I'd like to say this, and I think it's in point we make this clear. I was saying one element of what goes on with girls and boys as they get older. I'm not judging if I was a 32 year old girl who trying to get married for 15 years, and still not married. I am not judging that girl, and I'm not saying she did anything wrong, I'm not saying she made mistakes, and I'm not saying she should have done this or should have done that. I don't know her story. I don't know the details of the story. It's not a judgment on any individual person. And literally, when I was giving the class, sometimes you have a few people in your head. I had zero people in my mind when I was giving the class in terms of, oh, they should hear the class, they should hear the class, I wish they heard the class. The reality is that a lot of people who are older that are struggling to get married are trying in a lot of different ways and there are a lot of other elements and a lot of other points that could be messages for them too we just gave one important message which i stand behind very much and that message is that we have to realize that when we're getting married forget the dreamy expectations instead have the reality-based work ethic mentality and if that's the girl's mindset and not the boy's readiness for, then we would have a lot more marriages. It doesn't mean it would solve every problem. And it doesn't mean it would solve all singles problem, but it means it's a factor that should would contribute to helping the situation much, much more. That's my point, and I hope deeply that I didn't hurt anybody's feelings, because if any a person is going through something tough, and a girl who's single for way longer than she's expected, that she has... Uh, friends that are married, and friends with killed children, and friends making bar mitzvahs, and she's so single, that, and she might listen to my class to get a chizuk every week, the last thing she needs is me to go and tell her that she's making 100 mistakes, and me to judge her life. So, I hope that comes out very clear, and if you know someone who was a little hurt by it, please take this little clip and send it to her. Good. But now I think it's the time we talk about a different topic that is important and we probably should have discussed it last week, there's only building. We as a people are going through a lot these days. Um, We had a number of terrorist attacks in America on Jewish places uh, 15, 18 months ago. We then went through COVID that somehow in the process turned into a little bit of an anti-Semitic event uh, when we're gathering in New York City and funerals and things like that that they pointed their fingers towards. And of course, we lost many from our people. And then, uh, 10, 12 days, and almost two weeks ago at this point, we had the epic tragedy that happened in Iran that I still can't wrap my head around, and I hope you still can't. The whole thing doesn't, that doesn't settle in my brain at all. And now we have rockets being launched into our country all over the place, and everyone's watching the images of the Iron Dome and all that comes along with it, and, and Ben-Gurion Airport, and and cars blown up, and buses, and things like that. And we're somewhat nervous, and can't believe this is happening so long. So, what I'd like to do is, with this backdrop, discuss the holiday of Shavuot. With the background of all that's happening in our world. There's one pasuk I want to focus on, just one. This pasuk discusses Matan Torah. Before the Jewish people would receive the Torah in Har Sinai, this pasuk was written. The Jewish people traveled from a city, an area in the desert called Refidim. And they arrived at the desert of Sinai, the Sinai Desert, the place where they're going to get Matan Torah. And they camped in the desert. And the Jewish people rested opposite the mountain. Again, they traveled to Nifidim. They, the nation, arrived at the desert of Sinai. They camped in the desert. They camped at the Jewish people, opposite the mountain. There's a world-famous classic Rashi that says, why does it say Vayichan? Vayichan is a singular term. It should say they camped, Vayichanu, like it says two words before. Vayichan is singular, the- he camped. Why does it go from Vayabo? They plural to vayichan, they he camped individual, says Rashi, because before Matan Torah they camped around the mountain, Keish echad, echad Like one man and one heart. Why is that idea of being one man and one heart so important for Matan Torah? My next question is: the Pasuk starts off with Vayahanu. That Bayishu they traveled, Va'yavo they came. Yahanu they camp. And then it says, V'yichan. Why does it first ever Yahanu and then And then it first calls it, Midbar Sinai. And then it calls it, Midbar. Why is it switch? And then, Why is it opposite the mountain that is informed? Maybe those questions bother you. Maybe they don't. But hopefully once we answer them, they'll be meaningful. I want to give you a scenario. I'm about to give you a test. Okay. And this is a scenario that easily, probably, has happened a number of times in your lifetime. And I don't know if I can ask you for the answers, for the answer to this question, but I want you in your mind to have an answer for this scenario. You're sitting on the subway, and you're driving to the city. You're going to the city, maybe you're going to go shopping, whatever. You're sitting in regular Sunday clothing, and you're sitting on the subway. And on your right is a Hasidic woman. With all that means, with the special clothing and stockings, this short wig with the hat on top, the Hasidic woman sitting on your right, and on your left, there's a wonderful, clean-cut-looking Gentile woman reading a book. Hasidic woman on your right, Gentile woman on your left. Which one of those people? Shut it. Is your mother oh <it's a> <laughs> Which one of those people do you relate to more? Which one of those people do you relate to more? The Hasidic woman or the Gentile woman? I asked this question to a number of people in the community, younger people from various different schools, 18-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 22-year-olds, and I would say the majority of the people told me that they relate much more with the Gentile woman on the left. You agree with that answer? That's the answer. That's exactly what I the, said. The Hasidic woman is yes. speaking Yiddish, she has 11 children, okay? And you relate more to the Gentile woman on your left. You said possibly. That's what. and I'll bet you that there's some people here that would say that same answer. Are you kidding me? Are you joking? No, no, don't answer me. Are you joking? Are you telling me that you're going to relate to the person on the left more than the person on the right? Let me be clear. There's probably not a rabbi in the community that's more friendly to a non-Jew than I am. You can ask Chris the security guard and Malat the other security guard and Kenny the valet guy and the people, the women who take care of the brides and the photographers and the science teachers in Mag and David High School. I am unbelievably, I believe in respect and camaraderie and friendship and caring more than anybody. But to think that a Jew is less for you. Are you joking? Because you don't, you don't relate to the hat on her wig? Because you don't understand the language she's speaking, you relate to her less? Are you serious? Are you for real? Here's my question. What do we relate to more? The TikTok we're watching, or the Netflix we're looking at, or the book we're reading, or the prayers we say every day, and the Shabbat we keep. Forget about what do we relate to. Who are you? What makes you, you? Your iPhone? The ball game? The book? Or your belief in God? And your observance of Shabbat? And your love of tefillah? Who are you? I know there's a lot of things that you do in a day, but who are you? You sleep, but your sleep doesn't create your identity. You wear clothing, you eat, go to a restroom. That doesn't create your identity. Then there are things that you do that make you, you. What makes you, you? You're sitting next to someone who shares the same forefathers, prays the same Amidah as you, learns from the same Torah, believes in the same 613 Mitzvot, same number, keeps Shabbat, same way, has the same holidays as you, prays to the same God, Reads the same Mishnah. Every word is the same. Believes in the same Gemara. Abaye and Rava. Rebi Yochanan. Rebi The same people. And you're telling me you relate to this more than you relate to that? Here's where it bothered me. I think I mentioned it last week. I probably should have mentioned it more because I mentioned it in a video. That I made a small video. I took three boys from Magda David to visit three of the families in t Tinek, and Muncie. and we get to the one in Muncie, and we're driving up, and I'm like, guys, this is going to be very, very, very different. A Syrian shiva house looks like Puri compared to Ashkenaz You're not understanding. We look, you go to Syrian shiva house in the summer on a Sunday. It looks, you might think there's a party outside. Ashkenazim are quiet. They're all going to be dressed in black. They're going to look very serious. The men are going to be in one room. The woman might be in a different house. <laughs> this is going to be very different. And sure enough, we walk in, and it's so different. They're sitting there. This, the, the man who passed away, his name was Shragi Estetner. He was like a known singer, someone in the Jewish world. He was in his mid-30s. He had six children. So his children were sitting. Sure enough, his wife was like a whole different wing of the house. With her, with some of their daughters, and I guess his sisters, and so you see some of his sons and his father, and we walk in, and it's all Yiddish, all Yiddish. The whole thing is Yiddish. The Tata, the Mama, the it's And these these kids are mad, and are like, and like Rabbi, you were so right. Like they're pinching on the side, Rabbi, you were so right. And then. You know, a few things happened, they recognized us a little bit, they started speaking English, they started sharing, and they're sharing their stories. And then you start to hear about the Shravi Gestetna guy and how he prayed, and how he cared about learning, and how he chesed he did, and how he cared about Shabbat. And when the boys walked out, they're like, one second, they're really a lot like us. Yeah, we're Jews. Are you more Syrian than you are Jewish or are you more Jewish than you are Syrian? That's a real question. Are you more your house and your clothing than you are your sidur, your talet, tefillin, and your shabbat? Which one are you more? And once you start to relate to them a little bit, you start to realize that we're really the same. You realize if someone put a gun to you, you would take a bullet for that woman on your right. What do you mean you relate more to the person? If I told you, spend two days in a non-Jewish home, by the end of the two days, you wouldn't know what to do yourself. They're surfing pork and ham, and they're cooking in the oven, the cheeseburgers. The sister comes in, uh, three kids, not yet. she's not yet married. You, you the, the, the tattoos, you wouldn't know what to do yourself. Yet if you were in a Hasidic home for two days, yeah, it would take a minute. And the next thing you know, they'd be making kiddush, you say, well, I know that. And then they have a chali, and they go to shul and pray to Hashem, same bekat eating a Shabbat meal, talking about the same parashah you're discussing, reading from the same Torah, talking about the same ideas and the same beliefs, and you'd go to show and say, wow, yeah, it's a little different to me, but that that's me. See, that's why I think we didn't care enough about Meron. And I'll take myself included. I think we didn't care enough about Meron because we looked at those pictures and we said, they're not really me. We saw people with hats, we saw people with funny pe'ot, and they didn't exactly look like us. And, and, and yeah, we cared, of course we cared, I'm not going to say we didn't care. But it, it hit us, but not that hard. One of my siblings called me up and said, you know, I sat in and I spent, the two days after it happened, I spent hysterical crying. I was like, why would you cry? Like, you don't know anyone there. And then I realized, here's the problem. We are too caught up in the externals. We're too caught up in the clothing we wear, and the styles we live in, and the houses we live in, and maybe the iPhone, the book, and whatever it is that we have, and we're not caught up enough with what's happening inside. You know, two siblings that are fighting, two sisters, two brothers that are fighting. Usually what it means, and again, don't get insulted this time either, but usually what it means is that you're so preoccupied on the little things And you forgot about what's matter. And you see sometimes two brothers, they're fighting in front of their father. You want to tell them, do you realize your father's in the room? You realize how much this is hurting him? You're fighting over this, the car, the house, this weekend, that weekend. Do you realize your father, his health, his matter, his life, do you care about that? Or do you just care about which weekend, this weekend, the other weekend, you're getting here, the house, the Brooklyn house, the deal house, this property, that, the business, not the business. Or do you care about your father. And you know what has to happen sometimes? Is that all of a sudden you're fighting with a sibling and then something scary happens to that sibling. And they're like, oh, you're called on to me. No, no, no. Are you okay? Are you good? And all of a sudden, an instant, you get jolted back into life to realize what matters to you and what doesn't matter to you. She's my sister. He's my brother. And I know how much I care about them when I'm able to have the proper perspective but when I'm involved in the externals, then I forget that. And I think because they're reading a book that's in English, and they're reading a book that's in Yiddish, I think I relate to that more. When my head is in the external world, I relate to those external things more. And when my head is in the deep, holy world, then I know what matters to me more and what matters to me less. And I know how much that's my sister sitting right next to me, and how much I relate to that person. This is why I think, it was so important for Matan Torah to happen, when the Jewish people had the experience, they rested, one person, one heart. What does that mean? That at that moment, their perspectives and their priorities were clear. And when your priorities are clear, you realize that these are my siblings. It's when you focus on externals that you get into these disagreements. But when you focus on the depth and the internal, then you know that you relate and you realize that you're one. My point is, we need to care more about Am Yisrael. Not just because someone told us they're our nation, but because we unite under one Father. And because the essence of who we are is the same exact same as them. The essence of who we are is the exact same as them. My proof is that if there were videos of little rockets and iron domes blowing up on top of Italy, you wouldn't care. But because it's happening on Israel, even if barely anyone does, you do care. So of course I'm right. Of course you agree with me. When we get down to it, you agree with me. The problem is when you're looking superficially, you don't see it. But when you realize that UK, you were up last night, you were looking at the videos, you were watching the little things, even if no one thought just to see a car blown up in a place you never saw would never at you cared. I don't mean to be insensitive, but there's 3,000 people a day dying in India. You didn't even know it. So I don't need to say it in a sensitive way. We should know it and we should care about it. Because I told you, I very much believe in caring and being respectful. I'm not trying to lower the Gentiles' mentality in your mind. We should care about that, fellow human being, very, very much so. I'm just trying to raise the Hasid in your mind. There was a rabbi in the Gemara, Bi Yosef he said, You know why I celebrate Shavuot? He says, I celebrate Shavuot because if not for this Torah, Kama Yosef Ika Bishuka. What does he mean? Is that without this Torah, I'd be a regular Joe. Without this Torah, you're a regular, you're not you're everybody else. It's the Torah that separates you. It's the Torah that makes you unique. It's the Torah that makes you the chosen nation. It's the Torah that makes that woman sitting right next to you. A sister that you care about in every way. You might have to get past the language barrier, but you care about her in the deepest possible way. That's why always, the Shabbat before Shavuot is Parashat Pah Why is the Shabbat before Shavuot always Parashat Pah Because in Parashat Pah what happened? The Jewish people camped and it gives us the numbers of each tribe and how they camped and the flags they had surrounding the Mishkan. What does that encampment mean? We're all from different flags, but we all unite around the same Mishkan. We all unite around the same God. And this is what focuses us. Bamidbar is we're all one. I heard someone make a comment the other day. They said, you know, we watched the funeral of this kid, Donnie Morris. And they commented it a little different than the way we would do. I think the mother spoke, and it's not really our way to have mother speak at the funeral. All right? What do you think? I'm like, okay, I agree we don't do that. But that's what you noticed. That's what you're focusing on. Get to know about kid. I went to that father, I went to talk to his father last week. And I was sitting and talking to the man's father and t on the step, the father was the most gracious man. Okay, he really didn't want to stop have people come. He landed from Israel that morning, last Tuesday. He landed from Israel that morning. Okay, he didn't want to have visitors until three o'clock. We were leaving and we got back there. We got to the house at two o'clock. He sat, so his neighbor told him that he, we were coming. He sat on his porch waiting for us. I don't think he knew I was, waiting for us, ready to talk. And he's sharing about his son and the most gracious person. And his son got loved his learning and got into the learning. And he had this book, Sota Hoshen, which is a deep book that every yeshiva uses. Sota Hoshen. And he had notes on the side of the book. And and the kid's picture has probably become the face of Meron, because you know that picture. It's the kid it's the last picture taken of any one of those people who passed away right before the the catastrophe happened. You see this kid with a humongous smile, with like the whole Jewish people in the background, and you say that that that's the image of I'm Menon, a smile that unites us all, that we're all one thing. I understand to do it differently. I'm not telling you to do it their way, but to lose to forget about what we are at our essence. On Shavuot, we celebrate the fact that what unites us is so much greater than what divides us. And what makes us one is so much more important. In Magadir David synagogue, when the rabbi, a, a, a soldier came on Friday night. And he didn't speak, but we introduced him and told him, we're going to thank him for his service and all that. Everyone clapped. Fantastic. After it was over, he comes over to me. He says, if only my fellow soldiers knew how much you guys appreciate and how much love you show. If only they knew. You know what, if we were better at this, do you know how many more of them would love our religion? If we could show them that what unites us is greater than what divides us. I'm not just talking about a Hasid. I'm talking about an irreligious Jew in Tel Aviv with an earring on. That person too. We need to know. We need to know where our brothers are. Now do we hope that that person improves and changes? Yes, of course we do, and don't get me wrong. but. We need to understand what our essence is. This is who we are. That's who we are. Not the Instagram pictures you're watching. Not some girl you're watching dance on TikTok. That's not who you are. This is who we are. And I'll tell you how it plays out in a few minutes. There's a a Gemara that quotes a famous pasuk in... And eshet you might know the pasuk. Sheker ha'chen vehevle yofi. That means like the looks is, is nonsense. Hashem, But a woman that fears God, that's the woman who should be praised. And the Gemara uses this pasuk as if the chen, the looks is nothing, is a lie, and vehevle yofi, and the beauty is nothing. But Hashem, the one who prays, fears Hashem, that's the one that should be praised. The Gemara used it to refer to different generations. Sheker ha means the beauty is a lie. is referring to the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu. Hold on, we'll explain. And the Hebel yofi and the beauty is nonsense, is referring to the generation of Chizkiyah. Two generations... That had unbelievable amount of Torah learning. Moshe Reven received the Torah and gave it over to the Jewish people. His was one of the kings that did an unbelievable job of spreading Torah. But then it says, <laughs> The one that we really praise is the generation of the Uda Bar What's about the generation of Uda Bar Eli? Okay, say, Here's what that generation did. Six students, six of them, could be under one blanket. They were so poor, six of them could be under one blanket. Under one blanket, studying Hashem's Torah. What does he mean? That the Torah is nice. But that's something you're doing. We know it's part of you when you become selfless, when you understand that you're related to the people that are around you. Because when it's all about daddy, kids don't get into a fight. When it's all about daddy, there's no real disagreement. When it's all about our Father in heaven, there's not that much to fight about. It's when it's about our opinion and my agenda and your agenda, that's when we have a disagreement. Let me give you an example where I like saw it in a second. So on Sunday night, I was walking with my wife and my son. We were coming someplace and we were walking around the corner near my house. And if you remember, Sunday was raining. So I had an umbrella, my son had an umbrella, my wife had like a cheap umbrella. I'm not sure why I let her use that one, but that's a different time for the marriage class. But anyhow, she's using that umbrella, and then it's windy. You ever know what happens sometimes when it gets windy? All of a sudden, the umbrella goes like the other way, and then the head of the umbrella flew off. So we're walking right by the Bowler Market, right by that, uh, on Avenue P, where there's that gas station. So all of a sudden, the head of the umbrella flew off. Like, it looks so silly, now she's just holding a stick like. Within two seconds. A car coming out of the gas station stops short. Guy jumps out of the car. He grabs an umbrella. He says, Rabbi, give this to your wife. I say, are you crazy? He says, give this to your wife. I have more in the store. Give this to your wife. That's us. That's what we are. If I told you, let's stop and say to Helene for the people in Israel that you never met and never would, you will. If I told you we're raising money for people in Meron, even with all the Hasidim and the Peot and the different and the hats and the black and whatever, you would willingly, happily give whatever you could because you know I'm right. So I'm not telling you something you don't know, I'm just telling you something that we don't think about enough. I'm telling you we're so preoccupied with the superficial that we don't think enough about what's happening inside and it's sad to watch. You know what's so sad about Meron? You know what's so sad about Menon? Is that we killed each other. That we, have somehow, a Jew was killed by a Jew. And there's actually a pasuk, and someone shows me, just a regular layman in the shul, says, Rabbi, this pasuk sounds like what just happened. And here's the pasuk, where Hashem is talking about the curses to the Jewish people, and it's very, it's very harsh. It says, otam kol ale. You're going to run from the sound of a leaf, like the leaf is nidaf, the leaf is, is like blowing in the wind, and it's rustling in the wind, and it's going to scare you. You ever watch something else and you hear the tree move, or something move, and you get scared. And you're going to run as if you're running away from the sword. V'naflu, you're going to fall and die, and no one's running after you. That's what happened, no one even knows. Does anybody know the story? No one knows the story. No one knows, did the bleachers fall? Does it muddy? Does someone have a heart attack? Does something drop? Does something, they lock a door? No one knows the story. No one knows the story. Everyone just knows, all of a sudden, there was some sort of panic. Everyone was running on top of one another. We need to be more caring about one another. In Israel, it's so sad what's going on in terms of how epic the divide is. They can't elect the president. They keep trying prime minister, they can try a hundred times, they can't get it right. Because there's so much divide. Because there's so many people sitting on a bus that's saying, that person's not me. I'm more modern than them. I'm more religious than them. I'm more yeshivish than them. I'm more holy than them. Or I'm more cool than them. I'm more relevant than them. And we have these thoughts happening on buses all across the country and we're stopping and not remembering at all that what unites us is so much more powerful than what divides us. What Hashem wanted when we got to the higher Sinai was that we would be one. That we would understand that what makes me, me, is not the things I wear, is not the house I live in, is not the things I watch, is not the books I read, is not even the language I speak. What makes me, me, is my core who my forefathers are, that I come from Abraham, Yisraq, and Ya'aqob, and said, that who my God is, what I believe in, that's what makes me me. And when I look at that, we're all one, automatically. Not just one person, one heart. So how do we get better at that? How do we get better? Because if you test your children, and I'd love for you to test your children tonight, and sit at the dinner table, and ask them my scenario. If you're talking to boys, you can tell them you're sitting on the train and there's a Hasidic man with perot down to here with a big black hat that has a long coat sitting on one side and the other side of you is an American man reading the New York Times. I don't know if anyone does that anymore, reads the Times, but reading the New York, reading the newspaper, okay? And ask them which one they relate to more. If the answer is this, it means we're doing, not doing a good job in these two areas. Number one, in recognizing that the things we have are not who we are. You know, no one likes going to the or what more than I do. I've been going for years. My mother was in the room. We go to our house. I love going. she's not there. That we feel bad. <laughs> but we're there, and, and I, it's so wonderful. The grass, the trees, hopefully the weather's good, the shoes, it's spacious. You know, I love going. But there's something I feel bad about, that a lot of our community goes to the open shop world because what happens is for a lot of people especially that's the time they're opening the house they weren't in the house put so what the whole holiday becomes about do we have the bounty do we go to Costco, do we Fill out the clean out. Did we bring the housekeeper three times to make sure it's clean? Did we make the food? Where am I playing ball on Sunday? Where am I going Saturday afternoon? Is the pool open? Is it not open yet? I'm eating by this one. Make sure the house is done. Make sure the renovation is finished by this time. Completely preoccupied with externals. And no one meets bed. No one's, no one's saying that that's most important to me. It's just what's most urgent to me. I have to get there by Friday, and now it's Wednesday. In fact, now as I'm saying it, there are people right now that are getting nervous. One second, the truth is, I didn't go to the store yet, and I have to make sure that I go to the butcher, and go to the salad, and go to the coach, and make sure it's delivered, get it in. How am I fitting the car? How am I getting it? How are we setting up? Is the pool furniture going to be put outside? Make sure the guy puts it outside, sets it up. That becomes all you talk about. And before you know it, that becomes our whole life. So that your kids literally think that they relate to someone who's not from their nation, not from their family, more than someone who's from their family. And the other element that we have to work on, which is what creates this, is what helps us move away from the divide, is humility. The Jewish people, the basuk, makes a point of saying, they camped in the desert. What's the desert? The desert is a lonely, empty, humbling place. You ever go to the desert? You don't feel wealthy in the desert. You don't feel like you own anything in the desert. You're just in the desert. You're in the desert. When the Jewish people were in the desert and felt a little bit of that emptiness, they felt that humility. It's easier to unite. Because what makes us divided is a the superficial things I described before, and b our egos and our agendas. And, and on Shavuot, on that holiday that we come to Matan Torah and we want to be, we want to be united. We need the midbar, we need the midbar, and we need the priority of being neged ha'har, of looking at the mountain and just looking at Har Sinai and all that that represents. I'll give you another example of this. So two days ago, I went to a Late Bar Mitzvah kid in school, or whatever different school, I went to the Bar Mitzvah. Wonderful Bar Mitzvah. Dancing, I came late, but dancing. And I'm walking, I see the rabbis from the school, I'm not part of that school, I see the rabbis from the school, basically community rabbis, all that. And there's one Hasidic man who's dancing nonstop. So I walk out of the Bar Mitzvah, and the assistant principal from that school walks out with me. And he says, you wonder who that Hasidic guy is? I say, I actually, it's funny you said that. I actually am, yeah, because everyone else I recognized, they're my friends or whatever. And this one, I never saw him before. What's he doing? It's Syrian kids' wanted it's He says, I'll tell you what happened. We have P3 in our school. And we work through an agency. So the agency sent us for a P3. This Hasidic man, simple Hasidic guy, lives in Potter Park, you know, three rooms, seven kids, the whole, the whole of the works. Okay, and, and for the first week, all the kids are looking at this guy like he's like an alien. He's praying I Amidah mean, 20 minutes, was own 10 minutes. They're looking at him literally like those UFOs. Like, well, how do he end up here? He says, and then, in week two, they started to look at him just like that he was weird. And he said, and then in week three, they started to say, hey, he's Eskenaz, he's different. He says, but this guy has so much warmth and so much love that not just the kids that he tutors, he starts to relate to every kid in the grade. The kid is is I know the kid. There's no way he's, he's not using any of these things. And yet, he loves every kid. He says, today, Rabbi, he is a hero. The whole grade, he may teach five kids, but the whole grade goes crazy for him. Because once we get past it, we see that we have so much more in common. Why do you think the students of Rabbi Akiva died now? Why they die on the way to Shavuot? The answer is because what divided them was greater than what united them. And when that happens, Matan Torah needs to be one man, one heart. Humility, no superficiality, just our essence and our core. And if you're divided, then you're not the rabbis that are supposed to lead to Matan Torah. I think... Although you may not walk out of this class with something actually to do, although I hope tonight, you, instead of talking about loading up the car, you're going to talk a little bit about does anyone know where they're learning Shavuot night? Does anyone know where they're praying? Does anyone care about the learning that they're going to do? How are we growing on Shavuot? Maybe we'll talk about that tonight. Or maybe the fact that a lot of people are going to get the deal on Friday. Hopefully by Friday night, they'll be settled and they'll be able to go into Shavuot very prepared. So in that way, I hope we will change. But my, our, what's more important to me is our mentality shifting. And us relating to what's happening to our brothers and sisters in a deeper way. And not looking at a picture and saying, that doesn't look like me. Or that doesn't really relate to me. And not being able to say about any Jew anywhere, that I don't know if I identify with that person. Because just to tell you one story, and I didn't know, but I heard the story a few places, the one story that happened in Meron is that, you know, people were piled on top of each other. People couldn't get up. Like it wasn't, you know, I, as far as I know, I don't know anyone's whose fault it was. It was just impossible. And there was one man on the bottom who was literally suffocating to death. And he kept saying to the person on top of him, I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm you. I forgive you. See, that's... Our people are so great. They're so great. Because if you, if you peel any one of them, they all, we all love each other. Any one of them. We all appreciate each other. Sitting in that house in Muncie, within 20 minutes, we were like BFFs. It was like we were all, we knew we were They couldn't believe we came. It was like, it was such a wonderful experience. And the house in Teaneck, and even the house in Barbank, that we couldn't get in. Because the the, the bride, the guy who passed away was twenty two years old. He was, he was a groom. The bride was in there and she was falling apart. So they didn't want, they didn't want us coming inside. But, we know this. Everything I said, we believe. We just forget it. So let's talk about it. Especially as Amir has i been through so much. You know, when you saw a picture of the Blasio upset at Hasidim making a funeral or a wedding, whatever, six, seven months ago and all of them getting together. Did you feel like that was your brothers or did you feel like, I want to have nothing to do with those people? I'm not asking you to answer. But I'm asking you to think about that. Because our identity is our God. Our identity is our beliefs. It's our Torah that we adhere to. That's how we go into Shabbat. Looking at every Jew, looking at uh, in Israel, in America, everywhere, and saying, I love you, I care about you, because deep down you care about me too. We're all one. I end with one little thing, again, just to answer all the questions, and then we'll conclude. That's why Kiyishechat Belebechat is so important to Matan Torah, because it shows. Who you identify as. Am I regular Joe? Or am I adherent to this? That's why it first says, Because first they camped, they were not united. But then once they were realized they were in the desert, and once they, which is humility, and once they were staring at Matan Torah, which is all that the Torah captures, then they'd be turned into Bayekhan. Then they turned turn into one person with one heart. And that's why it doesn't even say Midbar Sinai the second time. Because it's just, I want you to think about being in the desert and the humility that comes with it. And negative hearts, because once you're opposite the mountain, then once you have perspective, once you see what matters, then it's hard to have any disagreements. Here's my last little story. I I don't know if it's just exciting to me, but I think it has a meaningful point. So yesterday, a teacher in Malaga David High School pulls me over and says, Rabbi, I just want to tell you something. I said, what is it? She says, "I went out for dinner on Thursday night in al You know al in bar, Park? Mm-hmm. He Says so. If you've ever been there, people. We talking to people, and then the the man, like who owns the restaurant, Hasidic man, comes over to us and he starts talking. And he's I don't know if you know him. He's a friendly guy. He's a nice person. And he comes. I, I know I don't remember spoke to him before, but I've seen him. I've been there. I've seen him. And he's out there talking, whatever. And she says, "Maggie David." He says, "Oh, you Magna David." She says, "Yeah." He says to her, "Do you know Rabbi Joe Eber?" She says, yeah, of course I know I right here, but I work with him every day. She says, oh, wow, really, it's that Mac David, yeah. She, she says, why? He says, because the whole bar park is buzzing about the fact that he came with three kids to visit these homes. Yeah. Now, I don't believe the whole bar park. It's probably like him and his three neighbors. <laughs> but the point is that here you have a person who doesn't look like you. He says, you know what? These people came out of their way, and by the way, it wasn't my idea. There's another administrator who told me, Rabbi, you should go. At first I thought she was crazy, and then I said, wow, it's the greatest idea ever. But here you have other people saying, why is not you came out of your comfort zone, you took three boys who never saw this before, and you came to visit, and you cared. And, and you realized this point. And if we shared in there, if we consoled them at all, if we didn't, if we helped them at all, I have no idea. But I do know this, that the message that those boys got, that every single one of us need to get, is this concept. We go into Shavuot, the day of Matan Torah. The day that our nation received its identity. It's not the miracles that we celebrate, the splitting the sea or anything like that. It's the day that we celebrate our identity. And if we're focused on our identity, and that's what we talk about, and that's what we think about, and that's what we care about, then of course we'll be respectful to the people on our left. Very much so. But we will feel like one, like siblings to the people on our right. Because if we're focused on our identity, we will know that what unites us is so much more powerful than what divides us. Happy holiday. Thank you. Amizah class next week. Somehow.